founder of Crown Affair, Diana Cohen is out to evolve hair care into a well-being ritual. This is a story you don't want to miss. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Diana Cohen. Diana is the founder and CEO of Crown Affair, a hair care brand founded upon the idea of rituals and celebrating our hair through those small daily practices that help us feel calm and centered. This came through years of providing her friends with hair advice and seeing the industry's focus on fixing and taming, and she realized the need for education and guidance around hair care. So what began as a hobby became the passion that drives a business today, which was more valuable than ever when she launched just weeks before the pandemic. Her philosophy on hair care is really refreshing and something I personally resonate with. It's ultimately all about your well-being, which will transform the way you treat your hair too. Focusing on rituals helps balance your work and personal life. So if you can take that time to pause, relax and treat yourself to a hair mask or a scalp massage, you'll look forward to it every day. And I know we're going to have a lot to share on this. So get ready, everyone. Diana, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. What a thoughtful intro. I feel it was so inspiring listening to you. And I'm also very excited given that we spend most of our day thinking and dreaming about a very similar thing. Exactly. And that, and for everyone to know, we already were very fortunate to meet in person. So I love doing the podcast when I've already, you know, had the experience to get to know someone. And let me just say, Diana is an absolute, like, A, inspiration to me, but B, the genuinely one of the sweetest people I've ever met. So just want to put that out there because uh, it's a precedent for this podcast. Um, So Diana, I ask everyone the same question and I'm very curious to hear your answer. Who in a nutshell is Diana? Oh, wow. Diana is um, a curious human who loves to spend time building things. I realized actually a couple months ago that my core kind of mission in life is to just spend time with people I love spending time with building and creating things. And I've really always been that way, even prior to my career, but definitely through the last 10 plus years of my career, I've always been drawn to just like engaging myself in a way where I have a direct impact and I get to create and test and build and move quickly. Um, And I feel that way both in my personal and professional life. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I love that. I mean, was there anything in your childhood memories that kind of you feel inspired you to be this creator like well you're into like legos or like you know what, what was because you know building still into things legos. still into yeah, legos I, mean, me too. I say that i think we both have that in common yeah. no i um i definitely was creative as a kid but in like a less traditional sense i have always loved writing and i love writing poetry i find that words for me are a medium that i can really thrive within i dream one day of having the time and space to be a painter or a sculptor, but for me right now, words are like the most tangible medium for me to express myself. So I've always really loved that and poetry. And, you know, as a kid, it's funny. I was very much like, I actually really wasn't into like, I'm still not very into makeup, um, but I was totally like an athletic sportsy kid. I did karate my whole life, which I really attribute to a lot of <laughs> the eccentricities of who I am in a beautiful way. And I think that, um, yeah, I think learning early on that it's okay to try things and fail allows you to just test and grow very quickly. Very beautifully said, because I think it's very important to remind ourselves of that. But And also, I didn't realize you're into art, because growing up, I used to be obsessed with art. Did you paint a lot or draw? I'm obsessed with art, and I actually studied art history in college at NYU. Um, I, I always just wanted to be really close to it. Um, they Mm. always say there's this book, um, called the artist way. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like an iconic 12 week program and they call them shadow artists. It's like people who have always been close to art because they felt like they couldn't be an artist themselves. And, you know, as a kid, I was very creative, but as I got older, I think just the structures of the world we live in really do kind of push you towards um, a career of building something. And obviously we live in a world that really celebrates that type of success. And I don't know if I was brave enough to be an artist in my early, in my early days, but um, I'm very grateful that I get to collaborate with a lot of artists. And um, I do like what fills me up on the weekends is like going to museums and going to gallery shows. And my husband and I actually met at MoMA nine years ago at a, yeah, at a Renee Magritte exhibit there. So it's a huge part of my kind of how I stay inspired um, in my daily life. That's amazing. And you've also had the most impressive career. Um, I mean, from, you know, starting, I think you started like Into the Glass and you went to like Away and Levitate. Tell us about your vast variety of career experiences. Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, I went to NYU and like everyone and their mother, I, I watched The Devil Wears Prada and wanted to work at Condé Nast and work for Anna Wintour. But, you know, the reality of the world at that time is that the internet, as we know it today, was very much becoming a real thing. And yeah. the idea of maybe going to a more corporate publishing environment wasn't the best choice at the time, just the reality of it. And I was interning at Into the Gloss, um, which turned into a full-time role, but that was very much editorial, but it was how I became obsessed with the culture of community online, especially around beauty. Just, you know, at the time it was like 
you know, magazines achieve this look from celebrity, but you know, that storytelling and approach that Emily really built was around like, what's in your beauty cabinet? How do you use it? Who told you about it? It could be an $8 rose water from a health food store, or it could be the most luxurious face cream or scalp product or whatever. And I think to this day, and I'm sure you feel this way, that word of mouth piece around beauty has always really drawn me in. Um, And I've been very lucky to work at a number of high growth consumer brands from the past decade, like you mentioned, Away, Outdoor Voices, Harry's, all in slightly different capacities. Some as a full-time employee, some as a consultant later on. Um, Between Into the Gloss and Away, though, I was at a company called Spring, which is no longer around, but it was like early days of a mobile shopping app. And we had over 300 at launch, we had over 300 direct consumer brands on the platform and was mostly an engineer led org. So it was very, it was really a tech company. Um, and I was a marketer there. So that kind of opened my eyes to like consumer behavior, e-commerce, mobile commerce in a way that I think that if I stayed in editorial, I wouldn't have necessarily learned. And again, that was the early day of Warby Harry's. I think Glossier was like kind of just about to launch. Like I remember meeting with Emily and Henry and it was just such a exciting time in the consumer space. And it's obviously changed a lot, but I feel incredibly grateful to have been either an early employee at Away. I was the eighth employee there as head of partnerships. Um, and then between Away and launching Crown Affair, I actually had my own brand agency called Levitate. Um, because at that point, mm-hmm. I realized that my there was, I don't know if you've ever seen the Defiant ones on HBO. No. It was like, Oh, it's so good. We got to like bring it back. It came out very uh, like a couple of years ago, but it was about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and their partnership with building beats and selling it to Apple. And Eminem was describing, they did a ton of interviews in the documentary and Eminem was describing the relationship between Dr. Dre and Jimmy. And he was like, Dre is the innovator and Jimmy is the levitator. And I wrote it down actually when I was working full time at away, I was just like, I love that idea of like levitation. And I think at that season in my career, which was my mid twenties, I was just very drawn to like, I would just light up when people would tell me their ideas. And that was a really beautiful way to live and build. Um, during that time, I wasn't really ready with what I was going to bring to the world. Um, and I'm also really grateful because as a consultant, I was really able to create structures in my life that served me that I think a lot of people started to learn once the pandemic hit, which is like working from home, popping into offices when you need to, really understanding time management. So I kind of got like the consulting work from home life (laughs) the first two years before COVID. And then, you know, I fortunately because of that had time to really work on dreaming of Crown Affair and working on product development and samples very much in my nights and weekends. Um, And then obviously launching it. So yeah, it's, it's been a journey and I feel very grateful to have seen so many iterations of the consumer space from the last decade. I mean, also like reading about, you know, read a lot of your interviews already in preparation of the podcast and I was so inspired by your journey into hair. And I think, you know, seeing all these, um, I guess, nuances of like, you know, you were the go-to friend for hair help and you started with this Google doc. So tell us about that because that's clearly the most important part of why you went into to the hair care business. Totally. Well, first and foremost, I feel like there were a lot of little moments in my childhood that made me a hair person. Um, yes. one, of, one of them being growing up in South Florida and like you spend a lot of time as a kid in 
pools that are chlorinated. And I remember my mom, I know, right? The, my mom teaching me being like, you should always wet your hair, like fill it with fresh water before you like go into a chlorinated pool. So like while the rest of the kids were like, putting on their bathing jumping suits in. and like jumping in cannonballing. I would like head over, I would like tiptoe to the, to a bathroom somewhere and like dunk my head under the sink, which like in hindsight now I was like, Oh, I'm still that person. Like that is to your question of who is Diana. Like that is me to the core. Um, you know, and I always, again, my mom, like brushing my hair at night was a really personal ritual that we had. And I still love doing that. I always joke. Like I look forward at the end of the day to just like, put my phone away for a couple minutes and that feeling of brushing your hair and giving yourself like that scalp massage. And, um, it's, it's just always something I've loved. And then really, I really, I'm not a huge makeup or skincare person. Like I very, no makeup makeup when it comes to my makeup and my skincare, I'm also very much a less is more philosophy. Um, and my hair was always kind of my thing because of that. Like it was the thing, it was my last accessory, the thing that I would take down that made me feel most me. If I ever had a breakout, I would totally hide behind my hair. Like it just gave me so much of my self-assurance weirdly was tied to my hair. And it really wasn't until I was in a role that was pretty high stress. Um, and I started to see my hair texture change and it wasn't massive fallout from like a medical condition, but I definitely started to see fallout from stress. And that was like, oh my gosh, I really need to take care of this thing. Like I can't take it for granted. And, um, you know, at the same time I had friends, I mean, one of my first investor slides was just like dozens of text messages from truly incredible women, like head of casting at SNL, like major venture people, like people at IBM, like people being like, Diana, how, what should I use? I don't know. Like, I only know what my stylist is telling me and I, it's not working or like, it's not clean and it's like really focused or, or people being like, I feel great when I leave the salon, like they shampoo my hair, they cut it wet, they blow it dry. I feel good for like three to five days. And then I have no idea what to do at home. So I just, I just put it into a Google doc of like, here's the really expensive fancy brush that I use. Like, here's why a hair towel matters. Like here's the shampoos that I like. But if you have this texture hair, like maybe use an oil base, but like, just like very, I had no agenda, you know, it was just like real sharing and real, communication around what has worked for me and how it's worked for me. And I think there's been a lot more democratization around skincare and color cosmetics. Like there was a a joke years ago that the meme, it's like, everyone's been asking about my skincare routine and it's like, no one has asked about it. But the truth is, is like, you know, we've relied really on stylists who are incredible artists and I love the world of hairstyling, but it's not necessarily rooted from a place of care or education around your hair. And if we can really get people to understand that like taking care of your hair instead of like covering it or masking it, or like maybe you don't need to color it this way, like empowering people to know that like their natural hair texture and their natural hair color is okay. Or like finding balance in that it's just, it will end up, your hair is just so much healthier over time. If you take that approach versus like the equivalent of what would be a crash diet, you know? Exactly. No, it's so sustainable, but also it's like, um, we have very similar, I guess, like birth of our hair care brands because it was a time, especially in 2020, this kind of like moment, it's a time for, I guess, a new wave of hair care that was all about rituals, wellness, sustainability, um, and not necessarily governed by you know the salon professional brands that aren't really stemming from this 
I guess, childhood inspiration that both of us went through. And then also, you know, you are similar to my sister, having your own hair journey does influence it because, you know, you want, you want to create a brand that is just as much as for you as the founder, as well as for the people around you and the customers. So I can really see that DNA like throughout everything you do. But I would love to know how the name Crown Affair came to be because I'm obsessed with the name. By the way, the feeling is so mutual. And I love that in your intro, you were like collaboration over competition because to me, this is like an all boats rise opportunity in hair care and really getting everyone to understand that like caring for your hair in a consistent way is where the health piece comes from versus just, we all want our hair to look amazing and that's right a priority, but it gets there by taking care of it. Not just like looking amazing in that moment. And not just in a salon, you know, like at home. And I think that's when you say ritual, it's like every, like I see it like this, every customer that you're hitting with your message it's helping Fable and Maine. It's a collaborative effort because we're, we have a whole industry that was necessarily rooted in certain ways that we have to sometimes do a lot more education because people are still heading to the silicons and still heading to you know the non-cruelty-free options just because they have the market share. And a lot of my friends, I mean, most of them have never even seen an oil in their life. And then they're like, you know, oh, well, I just use a, you know, yeah, for my skin, I invest. But for my hair, I just use a you know, $5 head and shoulders, whatever it is. I'm like, no. <laughs> Think about the ritual, think about the importance. And then don't always go to the salon and be like, fix it, because you'll need to fix it less when you take care of it at home, right? Yes. Uh, you're preach- preaching to the choir. I, I yeah. couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. So and, Crown Affair, the name. Yes, the name, the name. So it comes from two different things. The first one is that the more obvious one, which is the crown of your head and the love affair with your hair. And I was actually in a workout class years ago in New York and the instructor in the class told everyone in the room to lift through your crown and everyone in the room just like stood up a little bit taller and you saw everybody feel a little more self-assured. So I just love like the crown chakra, what it symbolizes in our body and obviously the crown of your head and taking care of your hair. So that's the more obvious piece. And then Obviously, there's a very well-known film, two of them, called The Thomas Crown Affair, um, which I definitely get more people. Like, it's funny, the people that it really resonates with. But um, my husband and I, as I mentioned, we met at MoMA about nine years ago at a Rene Magritte show. And we met in front of Rene Magritte's surrealist painting, Son of a Man, which is the painting with the bowler hat over his face. And that is the painting in the last scene of the Thomas Crown Affair, the Pierce Bronson, Rene Russo one, where they're like playing Nina Simone Sinnerman and they like can't find him because everyone in the museum has like a bowler hat on. So, and, and they both have fabulous hair. So I was just like, I love that idea of like, and the art element of it. And there are a lot of little mm-hmm. surrealist undertones in the branding of Crown Affair. It's not 100%. super overt, but um, that is where the name came from. And it's funny early on, people were like, and I, I mean, I love that you have two words and such a meaningful name as well. Cause early on, a lot of people were like, Oh, what does it mean? Why is it two words? And I'm like, I don't think anybody knew what drunk elephant was when Tiffany exactly. was first. Like, like it doesn't need to be one word four letter kind of thing. Anymore. It doesn't have to be like an Uber effect. Like not everything has exactly. to be like Uber. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff. 
<laughs> it's so true. But did you have, um, I love asking this question, like, you know, when, when we create, especially if we're creating a brand late 20, like 2020, 2019, all this stuff, um, everything is like trademarked and pretty hard, you know, to like, we have an amazing name, then like, oh, the domain or the social media handle is taken, all this stuff. Did you like have this name and you were like, oh my God, it's all perfect, let's go? Or did you have to iterate a bit because you start opening up all these can of worms? I got really lucky. I had a friend who worked at Instagram who got me the handle, but it wasn't in use. Oh, like nice. nobody, yeah. nobody was using it and it was easy. It wasn't a thing. So that was great. And then, yeah, I think I paid like $2,500 for the URL on GoDaddy. Like it was there and I was like, I should get it. And that's so lucky for this kind of like two words, which are so I popular. Know. I know. I feel like that's, it's, it's a good sign. I think as an entrepreneur, you can be a little hesitant. You're like, especially if you don't have funding yet or whatnot, and you're like, should I spend 2,500? And it's like, if you feel in your gut, just go for it. Because I've heard horror stories of companies paying so much money for, for URLs. So, um, especially once it's out there, you know, then you got to like, once it's out in the universe, especially in the likes of Sephora, people then looking just to be like, Hmm, okay can totally. squeeze them for money later. So you have to be smart at the beginning uh, where you, you put those investments and where you see the brand heading, right? The trade, the trademark trolls, they're out there. The, the, the oh, URL God. trolls, they're out there. But I, we, you know, I think also like not to get into the nitty gritty, but understanding like the classification groups you're in, like exactly. there's certain things. And where you want to like, head. Because, you know, sometimes we might think you want to just be a hair, but then naturally as you start getting a loyal customer, you're looking to like so drunk elephants or the genera, you know, you diversify within your class but you also might go out of your class and for anyone listening you know classes depend like you know class three is often with with beauty and wellness but you can get other classes which might be events or um i don't know other coaching services journals notebooks literally everything (laughs) and yeah you can and it's kind of like sometimes everything can be available and it's like hang on which ones do you buy because it's not a free-for-all no and you have to manage cash flow as an entrepreneur and founder so you have to prioritize Exactly. But that's a whole other, a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, I know. No, but I love asking that question because it is like, um, like names can be actually like, it can be either really easy or really hard. And it's always curious to know which one was it. And sometimes, yeah, even for us with Fable in Maine, it just was really easy. We didn't really have any other name options and yeah. everyone is like, that's such a great name. And we're like, yeah, I know. I don't know how. Where, where did it come from? How did you guys so come For us, it? it came from, um, it, kind of a two-pronged approach um the first was growing up our grandma used to read us stories and like while she was massaging her hair so the rituals were like story time and hair care so fable main story and hair but main also because our whole mission is for uh, big cats around the world like in africa and india mainly so the main of the tiger as well so yeah and we wanted it again something to dream you know your hair can be like dream and also like you know you 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 sleep at night so often story time is at night so you're you're, you're oiling and leaving it in overnight can be the best you know all these little nuances led to fable and main but also to be really honest we had a few other names that were more like indian or ayurvedic fused like indo-english but we ended up going for something that was a bit more easier to digest and generic for the whole world to like get and resonate with and then we wanted like as you go deeper into the brand we start you know putting and pushing some ayurveda and some indian terminology to like educate step by step the consumer i love that i also i what i love about the it just it's such a beautiful name and the fable piece i think is so just spot on because one of my favorite things about working and and building things and hair care is the stories and the storytelling of hair care like 
there's just so, I mean, hair is so powerful and it holds so it's much so and it's, powerful. it's like the story. I mean, I love like ancient Greek stories, stories about Samson. Like, I just think that hair is the symbol for so much. And the, the idea that you would sit there with your grandma and she would do story time and give you, I mean, that's my dream night is like story time. Like sign me up. It literally. And I, I hope many people start like even some of my friends, like yeah, some of my guy friends who've never ever like touched their scalp, let alone like yeah. done rituals with oils. Sometimes I'm with them and at night they'll be like, or like in late at night they'll be like, Hey man, like can can you do an oil massage, a head massage? And I'm like, What again? You want an oil massage? And it's like, Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and that's pretty cool because we can bond as friends, but also like, you know, they're starting to understand the importance of the massage and the rituals in healthy hair. Because everyone wants good hair, right? Who doesn't? So I think it's, it's so important, but it's you know. such a love language. It really is. And I think it's even true. going, whether it's that relationship with your friends or your, your grandma or something, uh, yeah. family, anyway. or I always say too, it's like when my mom would brush my hair at night, it felt really different than like our relationship at the dinner table or our relationship, mm. me sitting in the passenger seat of the car. Like those are really intimate, beautiful moments too, but there's something about touch and really like hair is a love language that. I'd love for more people to discover and acknowledge whether it's with their partners or family or friends. It's just, it's so intimate and, and really beautiful. It's so true. And I love, that's where I think Crown Affair can be the perfect um, kind of vehicle for that because the name itself is such a love language name, but like it's also the products you have. And this is something I want to actually ask you about is you have created such an incredibly curated product portfolio, which I can tell you, like, we're struggling with it at Fable and Main, and you've, like, nailed it from day one. So tell me about how you, you know, came around your product assortment, and what are some of your products that you can tell everyone about? Thank you. Well, in the context of building a brand and company in 2019, 2020, like, there's so much stuff in the world. Like the world simply does not need more stuff. I and if you're, if you're going to And there's a lot things, of same stuff. Like you're looking at a lot of hair care brands. I've got like, I worked at Aveda as my first job and you've got like seven shampoos or whatever. And then every time I was working there, someone said, what's your favorite shampoo? And I said, I don't know. Like they're all pretty good. They're all pretty similar. <laughs> they're all pretty, I don't know. I think you know? that the core thing is that so much of this stuff is the same. Like I can't mm-hmm. tell you how much of, I just see new brands kind of repackaging old formulas and old exactly. products. Scent is different and, and maybe an active and definitely some marketing ingredients that might not even be in high enough concentration. And then boom, it's a new product. Well, I say this yeah. about like the customization stuff all the time too. It's yeah. just like kind of marketing levels to your point with having the knowledge of, of Aveda, that skew, those skews, mm-hmm. like there isn't that much of a difference. Like there are really baseline things that are good and healthy for your hair. And like, sure, there might be slight variations of a shampoo depending on the texture of your hair. Like for thinner, straighter hair, you want like a naturally derived surfactant, obviously no sulfates. If you have textured hair, you'd want more of an oil-based product. But like the things that are high quality and work, you don't actually need that much. Like there's just, there's, there's a baseline of how to care for your scalp and your strands. And I think sometimes when these products try to do too much or like have too much protein in them, like it actually can cause damage in in the long run. But what's so funny is is that Crown Affair really started on it through the conversation of tools. Like I would recommend a very famous kind of heritage hairbrush that sells for over $200. And my friends would be like, what? Like what? I like their eyes would just roll to the back of their head being like, I can't believe you spent $200 on a hairbrush. And you know, that was the education piece. That was the moment of like, of course I do. And here's why, and here's how I use it. Um, 
And that was really across every SKU or, you know, I had all these products, whether I was buying them at Sephora or at a salon or on Amazon, like a hair towel or something. I mean, there's very known hair towels out there and they're totally fine, but there were like five things I wanted to change about it from like having a much more secure strap on the back versus like a lopsided button twist that didn't actually fit all of my hair in it to Mm. how it washed over time. Like sometimes you wash a hair towel and you're like, this looks like a car towel after five washes or, you know, it didn't look beautiful in your, in your bathroom. And I think that's such a huge part of what crown affair is too, is this like intentional development around the design when it comes to the tools or even the components with something like the dry shampoo or the shampoo, just the intentionality of like creating product that you look at and it gets you excited to use it. That's so much of the reframing we wanted to do. And very candidly too, I, we did end up raising money, but early on when I was working on it more nights and weekends and I was consulting on other brands, I put aside some money that I had saved, but it was much more affordable for me to really explore the product development side Mm. with tools, you know, finding partners in Italy and Switzerland and ordering a couple hundred and getting samples prototyped and, you know, our towels are made in Korea. We have an incredible partner. And the formula side was a little overwhelming to start. Um, the minimum order quantities, the MOQs are a lot higher, like finding the right partners, especially when it comes to sustainability with components, finding the right chemists to really work and source these ingredients. Like there's no reason for me to launch anything to the point earlier. Like I'm not a celebrity or an influencer. Like I'm not just like, here's a fragrance, here's a label, let's go. You know, you work with a contract manufacturer, like Every single product exists because it's different from what existed out there. And I know that there are women and men, myself included, who want these products. And it isn't about being everything to everybody. It's about inventing, like reinventing and innovating on some of my cult favorites that just honestly hadn't been innovated on in a while, whether that's the components or the ingredients and formulas, which by the way, I get like if I was also Orbe or Christophe Robin and I had all this distribution and incredible business, like I probably wouldn't want to reformulate a ton either. Um, But I just knew that there were, there was something better. And, and ultimately too, like offering this product, whether it's a hairbrush or a hair mask at like a slightly more affordable price point, um, Every single benchmark we have, for example, like our hair mask, the benchmark I was using was a $71 hair mask and ours is 58. So, you know, it's definitely not drugstore, but for the quality of the product and the volume, I really wanted to offer something better to our No, I can 100% see that. I've already told you before I even met you or even decided to go on the podcast, I was already a Crown Affair buyer and me and my sister, we were um, just so amazed by the efficacy, especially, I mean, the products, I use your oil, I as I said before, because, um, you know, we make a pre-wash oil and yours is the perfect for me, like a leave-in and also yes. like a styling oil as well. And, um, we were, we were talking about your, your, your brushes and your combs. And my sister is like, she's obsessed with them. She's like, this is like the best she's ever tried. And I'm like, this is so true. It, it, it's really amazing. And what I wanted to ask is, is, you know, you mentioned like, you know, having Korea, Switzerland, Italy, a few different places. A lot of people who are listening are trying to create a brand. And I mean, similar to you, you know, we, have jigsaw puzzled a lot of our portfolio we have three different labs um which sometimes people would say that's crazy i also think i don't know maybe it's good to diversify but yeah not ideal having we have one in texas one in new york and one in la um and then we have like our you know our our candle is from another place our yoga mats are from india and like it's just it is a jigsaw so for you like 
what advice would you give to people in like, um, sometimes they feel, oh, I just go to one place and just make it all. But, you know, you're limited by what you can find and what you can see. And some labs are and some manufacturers are not the best at certain things. Um, so how did you go around and finding your suppliers in like Italy, Korea at the early stages? It's such a journey. By the way, I'm obsessed with your pre-washed oh, scalp oil. It's unbelievable. I used it a couple of weeks ago for the first time and I actually brought it to my mom mm-hmm. because we have very similar hair. And I was like, you're going to be obsessed with this. And she's in love with it and ordered it on Sephora. Um, and it's funny because it's actually a product that like just very transparently we're not developing right now because I think there's so many yeah. good ones out there. So again, until like I have something where I'm like, oh, this is doing something different or serving a different customer. Like I think there's so many great scalp oils exactly. and pre-wash like yours is so exactly. special and it's like yeah i don't know i i just again it's like put things out into the world exactly with um, and exactly things, so ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, yes. Okay. Supply chain and finding vendors. I mean, I, I always joke because it's so not my background. And when I first started the company, I would be like, Google is powerful. Like go to the like 26 in the Google, like there's going to be some magic in there. Um, but no, I mean, really, I got super fortunate early on. I would cold outreach to vendors, whether it was fragrance houses or, you know, our vendors in Italy and Switzerland and Korea and Japan, like very, I don't know. They just took a chance. I was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm building. You know, I think it is, we got really lucky in the sense that a lot of our vendors, it is a part of their core mission, even if they're a huge fragrance house or whatever to work with up and coming brands. And a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these companies are really open. It's not just about being the biggest guy with the most business. Like they want to invest. And I actually saw this 
when I worked at Away, like the, our vendor uh, in Asia, I mean, we were a small fish early days, you know, and it grew and we grew with them. And it's just, I think that's the energy. And you know, like, I mean, you speak to so many people and you know, if they're there to grow with you, always go with the vendor that like is putting in more time and energy to like being collaborative because you'll also talk to vendors, even like displays for Sephora or something like that. Like you could see the people who are really excited about what you're building. And I think that's so important. Like the first, especially the first few years of the brand, like once you're more established, maybe you, you know, can go to bigger partners and it's easy, but I think that's everything, especially with packaging. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how I can imagine like we work with, we work with so, cause obviously the tools and the formula side, and also a lot of our formulas, we really do look to go to the labs that are the experts in that, kind of category. So for example, like our dry shampoo is a powder based formulas and a lot of contract manufacturers don't actually have the machinery to do the powder base, especially in hair care. So like that's a totally different lab. You know, we work with outside chemists and she'll recommend different labs for different products. So it's definitely been interesting. It's something that will continue to learn to become more efficient. And I think over time, but as you know, it's like you really only get to launch a product exactly. once for people to love. So we just lean into the philosophy of taking our time to like do it right and do it better. And there's definitely been challenges along the way. I think any founder in the last two years, like if you can survive the supply chain and global crisis, whether it's on the freight side, which in freight has never been more yeah. expensive, like, it's, it's really wild, but if you have the resilience to wake up every day and be like, I'm going to do this. And there's a, this is why, like, especially with you guys as well, it's like the idea of just having a concept for a thing and putting it into the world, like this does become your life and you have to love it. And it has to be so true to you because it is harder, even though it's easier than ever from like an aware, although one could argue with social media, it's become so saturated, but like it technically is easier to like yeah. launch something, right? Like you can set up a Shopify site, and you can take photos than before. So, so lower, but at the same time, like actually growing a business and making product that people are obsessed with and then delivering that it's yeah. hard. right uh, now. And, and mainly because <laughs> there are a lot of people who are now entering, um, a lot of them might even have huge VC backing or celebrity brands, you know, and, and, it's the ones that can last, you know, once you've passed two, three years, then you're like, okay, you're here to stay and, and, you know, and grow in the spaces you're in. So, you know, for example, in like in the Sephora's or wherever we are retailing, I think that really um, is a testament to the brand's focus and success. Um, so, I, you know, anyone trying to create a brand is, you know, first making sure you have a longer term vision, but also making sure you, A, whatever you put out there makes perfect sense in the routine and the ritual you're creating and also have the right efficacy that you want. But if you are using, like, you know, as Diana said, if you are using a lot of different vendors, which is actually probably normal and you should be, try to like not to let that articulate across to the audience. Like, you know, your customer needs to see the synergy. And I think what you've done at Crown Affair is, I, I couldn't even tell there's like probably like 20 vendors. For me, it looks like the same the same units and that's it takes a lot of work to get there it's not easy um and you know you know with the global supply issue and delays some things even happen where you put an order in and then you wait and then it comes and it's not perfect but you can't redo it because you have to launch it next week and it will take another eight months to change it so you have to go ahead so it's so tough today um and and i mean we just launched a product that had not the perfect moments so even sometimes you have to be honest with your customer and say look 
I'm working towards it, but there are things out of my control <laughs> that the pandemic did not help. Yeah. But did you have any like, I mean, any hiccups on the way that, you know, shaped you today in being, building a stronger business? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's so important to bring your customer in on that journey in like subtle ways. There's a balance, I think, for brands like ours, because we are at global places like Sephora and we are brands like our brands exist beyond us. And I think showing up in a way that is super like thoughtful for the customer without revealing every little moment is important because to your point, you don't want them to see the amount of effort that goes into it in that regard. But you also want them to know like you are so intentional with everything and you do want to show them that effort at the same time. But, oh my gosh, there are so many little things. Like I always joke, it's like there's a marketing, between every marketing story, there's like some kind of product reason behind it. Like, I mean, we had like our shampoo caps, for example, like we originally ordered them in green as a colorway, and which I honestly, we're going to end up doing a, a different skew at some point with a similar cap, but we sold out so quickly of our black cap shampoos way quicker than we anticipated. And we tried to place an order. It was going to take way too long. And we had the bottles and the formulas ready. So we're like, let's just put, we have like 5,000 green caps. Let's just like blend and fill and put them out. And, you know, we sent a little note on like recyclable seed paper. That's like, if you're getting this as a customer, like I know the caps are black everywhere, but like they're green and it's honestly because we don't want to waste them. And I'd rather get you the product. Like at the end of the day, the product is the product, you know, the formula is the formula. And I was so surprised, Juan, at how many people were like, I'm going to have the green green caps. I want them to be green. (laughs) Totally. And then two, like how many people were like, I really appreciate as a brand, just like the transparency there. And, you know, it's hard when you're in it every day, like in my brain, I'm like, we could never send out green caps, but the reality is like, it's a, not that big of a deal. And B, I think the customer enjoys being on that journey because now we have black, you know, now everything's sorted. And there were so many silver linings during this time, but Um, you know, it was definitely challenging, I think, especially leading up to our launch at Sephora just a few months ago, like making sure that we had all that inventory for that and store it online and direct. But I I do think you have so much room on the direct side to really connect with your customer and your community in a way that like, you know, people want to support what they're part of creating. And I think getting on there as the founder and being like, whether it's on social or in a newsletter or whatever that platform is for you, or you at the podcast, like, you know, having these transparent conversations, like gone are the days of trying to make everything perfect all the time. Um, and trying to like be, you know, not authentic. I do also think there, there is another level to it though, where like, I, there are also brands that for their brand, it makes sense to like get on social media and be like, we're supposed to launch this day. It's going to launch so much later. And like, there's a tone, you just have to know your brand's tone, you know, and, and that's, that's the core thing that should guide you. I love that. And it's so true. And everything you said, I think a lot of people listening will really resonate with, especially the founders, because um, it's really important to remind yourself at any stage of your business, year one or year 10, like just be very open because we can't control, even though we think as we build the business through years that we've got things sorted and we've got our, you know, our, our shit together, we actually, you know, we can't control certain things and we make mistakes. And I think just getting accountable, you know, being in front of your customers and saying, look, hey, this is a situation, you could be hugely surprised. And they'll really appreciate that honesty um, because we're all people at the end of the day, you know, and I think that's the thing to humanize the whole process. And, um, and we can also surprise ourselves. Maybe it's not as bad as we think when we're in it in the tunnel vision zone, you know, totally. which happens a lot. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I can imagine. The, the other thing too, to that note is like both of us are building brands that aren't exactly. just about the product. 
which means that if there is a product issue that you can't control, there's so much you can do creatively to continue building the brand and the business and the community piece of it. That like, it's, it's not, yeah, I just think there's so much space there. And if you're a founder who's listening, that's like, I'm having delays on my product or whatever. It's like, there's so much you can take action on that have nothing to do with the product. So that's an important thing to remember during this very wild time that hopefully will end in like a year or so. But I'm always, I'm sure you feel the same way. You're like, what is it like to run a business not during a global pandemic? I know, because all we know is a pandemic. And I'm like, I mean, in a way, I'm grateful um, for, I guess, not having to pivot so much. I've started like in a very simple way and built a very agile system like you. But at the same time, it's it's quite tiring to like consistently see change, which we we have to now, oh, now brick and mortar is about back up. Okay, let's go here. And then it's like, oh, wait, now there are 10 new brands launching. Um, you know, it, it is, you can never take your eye off the, you know, the ball and you have to always focus. Um, but therefore that's where the importance of, I think, building teams and realizing you're not alone as a founder, you know, you're, you we had a conversation where we both are currently CEOs, but we both, you know, are waiting for the day where we can hire a CEO. Um, cause that's the whole thing. It's about building your family. So from the beginning to now, how is your team like building? Literally the team is my favorite part of all of this, which sounds, I mean, obviously there's so yeah. many amazing things about what I'm able to do, but, um, to the point of COVID, like, and the pandemic, like, it's just people are the most important thing, like, finding balance in your life. And I say this all the time, like our motto, our kind of quick motto is take your time, right? Like slowing down, taking care of yourself. But for me, it's like, I can't tell people to take their time if I'm not Mm -hmm. taking their time and I'm not empowering our team to take our time, you know? It's like, preach what you practice, don't practice what you preach. Like, it's like, really, like, you have to do that. And that has been the core of how we've like grown the team, which is very low and slow. Um, I've worked for a lot of brands where it was like higher for scale, but like maybe people didn't have clear direction or, you know, if you're not there, if you're not actually there as a business, but you have all these people like trying to make it, it doesn't, it's a little chicken and eggy. There's definitely challenges where like Elaine, who was my first hire and as our president, she's incredible. Um, She's been with me since the beginning and, you know, we're always like, we can always do everything. Like it was just us one time doing everything. So obviously that's not ideal, but it has definitely allowed us to bring on a team that will succeed in their roles and have a healthy balance of work and life. And are ultimately people who like want to be in this environment. I think for anybody, whatever side you're on, whether you're a founder hiring people or you're interviewing for a job right now or whatever, like know where you want to be. Like we've definitely hired some people who after a year were like, I really do miss the corporate life and structures and I'm going to go back to a L'Oreal or whatnot. For me, I've only ever worked at startups. That communication style is like how I thrive. And the main thing we hire for, this sounds so corny, but it is enthusiasm. Mm. Like you, people need to want to build and grow and like get creative. And like, I don't know, I think that's so huge. And right now we're, I think we're 13 people Mm. full time. Um, and we're mostly hybrid. We actually just signed an office in New York. I know we were both getting into, yeah, you as well with the office world, but, um, most of our teams in New York, we have a few people in LA and one in Chicago, and then I'm between Miami and New York, but, um, you know, creating a culture again, it's like all we've, I mean, it was Elaine and we had one other hire, but the entire team has been hired during the pandemic. So it's very much a part of our DNA and, it was really important for me to coming from a lot of these high growth 
consumer startups of like not burning out, um, not using really creating structures, but I mean, this is again, very tactical, but like making sure we have like block time on the calendar for meetings, like not reactively being like, here's an idea in Slack, but like, Hey, can you actually like hold this and put it on the agenda till the next day? Or like really using our project management tool, Asana and not putting things like reactively in Slack or over email. Like I do think as the founder, it's really important. It comes from the top down, the culture of like urgency and immediacy. And the truth is, is like, everything is figure outable. Not everything's an emergency and like hiring people who really communicate in that way, I think is so key for right now. I couldn't agree more. And it's exciting as well, right? Just to see the, the, the family growing and I'm, I'm sure um, it wasn't easy at the beginning hiring remotely and uh, via Zooms. And now I'm sure you get to meet people in person, do the face-to-face interviews. And then you really get to feel that passion, right? That, as you were saying, it's very important for that to see that enthusiasm. Um, and I think, yeah, the more face-to-face we have and having our physical office space, it's starting to get back into that routine. I think hybrid is still super important. And I think people want that flexibility more than ever. And we can be more productive that way. But we need that physical touch, especially when building a brand, right? Like you see the biggest startups in the world from the WeWorks, et cetera. It all started in a small room together, building it and growing it. You know, I don't think they can really forever grow from a bedroom. So I do think um, we're all yearning for a bit of that kind of like office space and physical environment and being with the team growing it together so it's exciting how how big is your team now now we're nearly 30 people um oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it's crazy mainly because of the international markets that we've put on so uh that we've got now people in different countries um but yeah like my gm who's in spain never met her in my life yet (laughs) oh i met her but like in zoom but not like in person so it's crazy like there's i can't wait to see her soon she's coming for our launch in selfridges soon and um yeah so it's just crazy to be like we managed to hire people in like i have one in dubai one in barcelona so yeah it's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, my, my family is, uh, is everywhere, but um, some are more distant, distant, which I need yes. to make them more collective. So that's why, as you said, when you said office, I'm like, finally, we're getting an office. I mean, we have an office space, but it's like, um, you know, startup be shared within like my dad's companies yes. and just tagging on the end of the tables and fighting for meeting rooms. And it's like not productive anymore. I'm like, no, we need our own space. Um, so yeah, but it's hard. It's expensive. Everything comes at opportunity cost and the timings are very important. But, you know, before, before we kind of um, start going into some fire round questions, I have a few last questions. So my, my one is to wrap up the crown affairs story is what is the future for you Currently, I mean, it's going to change. You know, we always change. But for now, what do you see as the long-term future for Crown Affair? I mean, there's just so much growth ahead in the category and for Crown Affair. So I'm very excited about that, whether it's, you know, expansion with Sephora, growing our direct relationships. We just did an event last week in LA with our community. And that was like a very nice wake-up call of like being on the ground with people, reconnecting. So there's just so much there that we are excited to tap into. I do feel fortunate that we're kind of in this tiptoe stage of being able to do events like that and going into Sephora. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. And some new products in the pipeline too that I've been dreaming about and we've been working on for two years that are going to be launching soon. Um, yeah. And then the office, we're going to be getting our office in New York later this summer to be able to 
create a space that people come to. The team can be creative. To your point, timing yeah. is everything. And I feel like now that will, will basically be two and a half years old by the time we move into the office. And I think for the team, it's like the right stage, the right amount of people for us to be, you know, going in even a yeah. couple days a week. It's um, so true. And yeah, I just, I just want to keep growing this category and getting people with the program and moving off of old stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's cheesy to say, but it's just it's just the beginning for our businesses, you know. It's we're just getting started, and it's kind of um, there's still so much to do and grow and learn. And and I think you must have the same feeling, like whenever you hit like I don't know, let's say you hit a thousand reviews, and you're just like, oh my god, amazing reviews, and customers are happy. Then you're like, well, I want to hit now ten. I want to hit more people to to experience yeah. the universe of you know Crown Affair, Fable and Main, because it is that is we really mindfully created these products and, you know, we feel very confident in them, even ourselves as consumers of our own product, but also we would love, you know, everyone to experience these, these rituals. So it's just, yeah, more education, uh, patience along the journey and um, as well as enjoying it as well, which is very important. If you don't enjoy it, then, you know, what, why, why are we doing it? It's very important. Yes. What is that quote? It's like, it's like doing what you love is, Exactly. It's the way forward. You know, it's you have like that. That's, that's the way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, before Fire Round, I would love just if, you know, you could share some of your rituals for success. So your daily routines, apart from the hair care rituals, which we know about, the crown affair ritual, what do you do? And maybe you adopted some new practices post or, you know, during the pandemic that keeps you motivated. Yes. A lot of the rituals that I had prior to COVID were definitely heightened in a good way because I had so much more time for them. Um, two of my biggest personal rituals, the first one is stretching. So I stretch every single day for 30 minutes and I swear by it. I, I always joke. I'm like after my, I mean, I'm in crown affair forever, but I'm always like, how do I make stretching cool? Like that is my mission in life. Like I love stretching people and I really enjoy yoga, but there's just something about, and I'll go to a yoga class maybe two times a week, but at home, rolling out a mat, doing a simple vinyasa flow, like leaning into a stretch. I don't know, whenever I'm stuck or feel stagnant or like need to get up, I'm like literally the only thing right now that's going to make me feel better is stretching. So that is a practice that I truly can't live without. And on good days, I'll listen to, um, there's this podcast called Poetry Unbound, um, which is uh, done by this Irish theologian and poet named Padraig Otuma. And gosh, starting the morning with him in a stretch, it's like I'm in a headspace to just be less reactive. Um, and I feel good. So that's great. And then I also journal every day. I go through waves of it. So I love this journal that is very popular called the five minute journal. Um, and it takes literally five minutes or less a day. You just write down kind of three things you're grateful for looking forward to and a mantra that you have every day. And then at the end of the day, kind of three things that went well and what could have made today better. And it's a very digestible way to create an accountability practice for yourself. If you're somebody who's like, I can't journal like free stuff, like I can't just stream of consciousness. And, you know, there've been moments in my life, again, when I've done the artist way now twice. And part of that program is writing three pages or more of stream of consciousness every morning. And that's a big barrier to entry, especially if you have kids or whatever your life is like just doing that. But I have found when I take the time to do that and, and I probably do long form journaling like two to three times a week. Um, that is amazing because it, again, it's like physically like pen to paper, 
slowing your brain down. There's that Joan Didion quote. It's like, I don't know what I think until I write it down. And I just think that's like an amazing way to kind of synthesize what's going on in your head. And it definitely makes me a better leader and a better partner and just like a better person, um, being able to have a space to be totally honest with myself. Oh, I love that. That's really, I mean, I'm going to start doing that because it's such, <laughs> it's really nice to hear other people's rituals because it's just going to inspire people. And I think you have to at least try and you'll know if it fits your own lifestyle and routine. But I think, um, yeah. Maybe asking people, especially the ones around you in your circle, what are their rituals, is such a good idea because we're often inspired by the people closest to us. So I love that. Um, but before Fire Island, I have a desert island question. So okay, I'm inviting you to a founded beauty island. Temperature, let's say it's, it's normal. So don't be influenced by it's sunny or not. But what is that one Crown Affair product that you're going to take with you? Because I'm only allowing one. Uh, I have two, but they're so different. I would, I always say the brush because if you're on a desert Island, like you need to be brushing your hair, your hair is going to get so knotted and it's just, it'll calm you down. Like, especially the salt, like you should be brushing your hair when it's dry. So I would say the brush is like proper survival, but in like the grand scheme of things, the one product I truly can't live without is our dry shampoo. It's amazing. I use it every day I love it uh, I use it well, not every day but I use it like most days just because it's so easy to use it's it doesn't leave like um you know a typical dry strip. it's not aerosol number one which I love it's not um it doesn't leave like my I have very thick black hair so I can't have like normal dry shampoos which just make my hair look like like there's been powered white powder put everywhere it's so subtle but it really it just gives you this amazing like illusion of, it's amazing I love it Oh yeah. So it's exactly, it's like, it's literally the equivalent of a translucent powder for your face. If your face was oily and just covering in the volume. But if we were on a beach, I probably wouldn't need it as much, but that's my like everyday can't live without. Um, And part of why I was so excited to get into Sephora is because I can't tell you how many customer service emails or DMs we would get of like people traveling and being like, I need the dry shampoo today. And I'm like, I wish I could send you to somewhere that's in your neighborhood. So it's definitely like a desert island product in my book. I I would say like, I love pretty much all your products, but if you're going to try one kind of fair product today, start with that dry shampoo because it's, it's game changing. What would be your fable and main product if you had to choose one? You know what? Like I love... (laughs) So I, as an Indian, as genetically, I just have really strong, like very thick and my hair grows a lot. So even though the hair oil I use weekly and I love it, the favorite product for me is my hair mask, which um, it just makes my hair so um, silky and like more like less frizzy and more manageable. So I do actually carry the mini mask with me everywhere I go and like whenever I travel. Um, But yeah, it's between the oil and the mask. Um, and sometimes I do it together because it's like a double treatment. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I've done, like, you know, for me, I'm an engineer for four years. So Nikki is the, my sister is the one who really, you know, developed all the products. I'm coming here as, as well as like this impartial person into the business, obviously working with her in the MPD, but not day-to-day nitty gritty. Like she let me do the business side. I let her do the product side. And for me, I've just, I've been so amazed what she created. Um, So yeah, I generally do use a product a lot, but I feel I can say that because I feel like it's thanks to Nikki, you know, it's not like me too, too. Totally. (laughs) It's the best, by the way, my husband all the time. I'm like, try this thing. It's it's actually great. Maybe not having used like me. I don't know if you used a hair mask before, but like, I don't know. I think fresh eyes. I'm so deep in hair care and I've tried so much stuff that I actually think it's really refreshing to have a perspective that's like, 
I don't think it's great, but exactly from that lens. So uh, fire around questions. First thing that comes to your mind. So the first question, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? And obviously, except Fable and Maine, we know that like, yes. yeah, in the space, <laughs> what are you loving right now? There are actually so many hair care brands that I love. But if I had to say, honestly, I'm kind of obsessed with a couple of the Say products, Say. which is Laney's. Yeah, I do. The yeah. Hydro Beam Concealer. I'm not a concealer girl at all. Like I, I'm quite, again, like I'm quite lazy when it comes to you just your fingers. But it's Amazing. fingers. It's so light, and I was applying it, and I'm like, it worked. Like you know, when you try it a product, works. and you're like, this. And her branding so, is just. And oh, I, I, the universe of say is beautiful. It's so beautiful, and what I love the mascara is great too. And what I love about it, and this is what I think clean cosmetics have done well it's like makeup formulated as skincare and I feel like both of us in the hair care space are formulating hair care products that also are good for your hair which has not always been the case so I love that she's doing that in the makeup space oh no I love it too and you know fun fact Lainey was my first ever recording on Founder Beauty ever no way yeah oh I yeah. have to listen to it I listened to a couple to. more recent ones so I gotta yeah. go down in the archives you have to <laughs> I didn't release hers first I released hers I think the fifth of something episode but the technically the first one I ever did was her and um yeah I said that she holds a special place for for like my first podcast host nerves were were relaxed with I Lainey. love so that um do you like have a guilty pleasure? So many. Um, I love. I do love television and I love movies. So no, I don't know if that's guilty, but I definitely spend spend a lot of time watching shows and listening to podcasts. And I just I love consuming pop culture. Um, well, that leads me to my next question, which is: What are you currently watching or reading? Uh, I watched so many plane movies recently. I like love a plane movie because I feel like you're just like in a totally different zone where you're like. When you the say world plane movie, you mean like on a plane. On a plane, like movies on, plane. on okay. flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like it might not be the best movie if you weren't on a flight, but like you're on a flight. So like, it's totally No fine, distraction, but... no 3G, <laughs> just watching it. <laughs> Fully watching it. So I recently watched both of the Jane Goodall documentaries, um, which are incredible. And I was already so in, like obsessed with her as just like a leader and as a woman. And it got me really, really deep into Jane Goodall. So I love those documentaries. I also recently, yesterday, watched um, on my flight back from LA the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yeah, I've heard about that. Is I it love, good? It's really good. It's it's just again the power of words and community. There's just so much. So I love a documentary, and then I just finished Atlanta last night, the Donald Glover mm. series, which is crazy. Um, but my like real guilty pleasure is the Food Network, and I'm obsessed with. Um, this show called Barbecue Brawl, which is like a Bobby Flay barbecue show. And I'm like, so not, oh, Guy Fieri is my guilty pleasure. There was actually just an amazing New York Times feature on him that I need to read. I love stuff like that, that you can kind of just tune out, but yeah. learn a little something. Like so. you learn, it's still relevant, it's reality, but it's escapism <laughs> as well. You know, it's the best totally. of all, especially as a founder, take your mind off hair for a bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, do you have like a favorite social media platform that you're currently into right now? So I'm definitely partial to Instagram just because that's where like my people are. And it's more for like the magic of the DM, you know, like it's more of like a messaging tool. And I do really like Instagram. I also do find a lot of like things to shop for, and like inspiration there. Um, but I've recently become fascinated by TikTok and it's yeah. a totally different headspace and I feel really different when I'm on it in a positive way and um I I love that as well uh, do you have a favorite quote or mantra so many take your time <laughs> to not be corny I think is yeah. a good reminder but 
Um, there's a Ram Das one that is, I am loving awareness. And that is mm. something that I say to myself every day. I love that. Yeah. And my, my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Diana be doing? Uh, two things. Well, as I said earlier, I'd be a stretching entrepreneur. I'm, yeah. I'm partially kidding, but I, I really do want everyone in the world to take time to stretch. Um, even if you're not doing yoga, just stretching. Um, I'm also very, I would actually love to go back to school very later in life. If I'm alive and doing things is go to library school and be a librarian because and like learn the Dewey Decimal System. And I just think library libraries are my favorite spaces. They're my favorite public spaces. Obviously, the beautiful ones in, in England are like insane and the, I could live in them. Uh, but even just public library spaces and local communities across the U.S., yeah. I think libraries are one of the very few community spaces that's safe for people both young and old. Um, it gives a lot of people... Yeah, yeah, access to the internet if they don't have internet access. So I'm really actually passionate and, and that's where I spend a lot of my personal time, um, either volunteering or contributing. Um, my mom is actually a huge part of our local town library and um, has been one of the senior volunteers there. So that is definitely something I don't have like a ton of time to do right now, not surprisingly, with Crown Affair. But I also just think reading is like the most powerful way to spend time. Yeah. So, well, I, I've just thought about something now. <laughs> Maybe we can we talk offline about this. But yeah. Imagine like a Crown Affair, Fable and Main event in a library because of the Fable and the Crown. And we have Crown Chakra. And it's like we have so many synergies. Yes. But doing something with the library, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm thinking about something. But we'll, we'll talk about that because I, I think sold. I totally. That's my that's dream. What, you know, Let's do I, it. I literally because when I went to Laney's pop up in in with in say with um there was in a news in a like in a news agent in a in fact, like yeah. in, I don't know what he called it in America, like a news agent, yeah. And yeah. Um, I was like, this is so cool. Like, you could really, like, take the brand that you're building anywhere and do it tastefully if you find a good way. So maybe there's, like, a book club or something. You know, let, let, we'll talk. I would love that. That's so dreamy. Um, and I also think, too, our brands, like, they complement each other in so many so ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is the beauty of beauty. Not all one player takes all. You can have a beautiful scalp pre-wash oil, an amazing, exactly. you know, brush or towel. So I, it's a we beautiful can, education moment. And we can tell stories, story time. And that's the best, you know, <laughs> our own stories that will meld together. So I love it. But, you know, Diana, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, again, we could talk. We're going to, this is the beginning of our friendship. We can talk, we're going to talk anyway offline. But for the world to continue following your journey, where can they find both yourself and Crown Affair on social website or the Shabam? Yeah, so on Instagram, you can find us on Crown Affair. Same with TikTok. Uh, and our website's crownaffair.com. And then for my personal Instagram, it's Diana with two N's D I A N N A Cohen, C O H E N N. I'm down. I'm always here for like a DM question, whether it's about hair, entrepreneurship or anything. It's, and again, it's such a fun platform. And I think when you approach it in that way, it really allows for such a sense of community. So please send me a note if you're listening and have questions. I will definitely reply within a week's time. Amazing. Well, I'll put all the links in the, sum, in the bio so people can just go tap straight away. And Diana, well, I'll see you very soon. Yes. And thank you again. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for having me. Again, could talk for hours. I really appreciate it. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more 
and I'm also very proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.